much for tuning in and welcome everyone hope you're well i'm your host ben lively and you're listening to shaken awake episode number four i just wanted to thank you for tuning in wherever you are and whatever you're doing welcome looks like we had some listeners in brazil last week so god is certainly taking this outside the u.s and i thank him for using this to reach the hearts and minds of those he wishes to touch through this podcast As always, I promise you another great show today, but more important than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord. He's right there with you, and so let's get ready to invite him in right here, right now, and allow him to speak directly to your heart and minds. So let's get into uh, the heart of today's topic, shall we? So here at Shaken Awake, we like to keep the topics and content and your valuable time spent on raw and straight to the point spiritual topics, the kind that really matter. So today uh, we're going to discuss something that's very near and and dear to my heart, one that I had firmly believed in and sworn by, trained on, and was an expert in until I realized, or should I say God revealed to me directly that I was on the right track, just not his track with this mindset. So like so many other revelations he's provided me these past couple of years, it's completely transformed my way of living. And and of course, by that, I also mean my final destination with him in heaven. The topic I'm referring to is everyone, that includes you and I, my friends, is exactly where they, you and I, want to be in life. This very moment in time. But first, I want to make a quick disclaimer and a relevant statement I feel is important to lead with. I'm direct. I'm to the point. I'm decisive. I'm factual. I belong to God first and obey him only. I don't wear a mask. I don't have a filter when it comes to the truth, especially not biblical truth and doctrine. And this podcast wasn't meant to be a feel good about ourselves, talk about how much we're loved and how good we are as Christians. If you want that, just go to most of your local churches. I'm not putting them down. I'm relaying what I have witnessed most of my life attending every religious denomination there is, with the exception of Catholic or Jewish. And I'm not here to say my way is better. I am here to say God's word is better. And that's what I'm going to focus on. What I think and feel and believe and read is completely irrelevant. What God speaks in his word and the Holy Spirit speaks and what the Trinity speaks in the past and present through others, their word, and through you and I, that's what we're going to be focusing on and what we'll continue to focus on in the episodes to come. Real world meets God's true word for our lives. So now back to topic, uh, wherever we're at in life right now, we didn't just happen here, right? We weren't born yesterday and we certainly didn't just arrive here today, okay? So for the past couple of uh, episodes, we've honed in on areas of our life that we can choose to keep the same, change, do without, 
or do more of. But oftentimes we, and I'm raising my hand here, have chosen to do nothing. Changing nothing is still a decision. And unfortunately, it's what many, many people do. It's what the enemy loves. Complacency, staying in your comfort zone, falling into a routine, not embracing change, actually embracing not changing. Laziness, laissez-faire attitude, living day-to-day, paycheck-to-paycheck, year-to-year, decade-to-decade. And the only real changes we see, other than getting old, and the, uh, is the changes we see in the world around us. By the way, and, and I don't care how old you are, I think we can all agree that just about everything in our lifetime has changed dramatically and drastically. Not just in the past 20 years, Although certainly, uh, certainly that beyond recognition, but just in the past few, you know, to five to 10 years, I can't recall everything, but technology, options, freedoms, racial division, political division, intolerance, evilness, disrespect, violence, filth, access to information of any kind and all kinds, human rights abuse, drug use, human trafficking. I mean, I could keep going without putting a period of my sentence for the next two hours listing out everything. Yet the one thing that God looks for in his children is to to do and to grow with him and not be conformed to this world. Yet haven't we been to some degree? Would, Would you all agree or better yet openly admit that for some of the change you personally have made over the past five, 10 plus years had to do with adopting to the world's changes and conforming to new standards, uh, letting our guards down a bit, altering or changing some of our word choices, careers, money habits, religious beliefs, mindsets, goals, things we do with our time, things we don't do with our time, what we value, what we don't value. Again, that list goes on for miles as well. And believe me, I'm raising my hand right here. It's part of the enemy's plan. It's got you exactly where he wants you. And that is always, always to be in alignment with the world, not the word. Let me be more specific before we dive into how James speaks from God himself and Christ himself. So some of the worldly ways to think and live to get ahead. This one's coming from the Dalai Lama. Pretty smart guy, right? He says the purpose of our lives is to be happy, period. John Lennon, life's what happens when you're busy making other plans. Stephen King says, get busy living or get busy dying. I hear that all the time in the business world. Get busy living or get busy dying. What's living? May West, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. Do what right? And from Thomas Edison, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. What's success? What's life's failures? Albert Einstein, other smart guy, right? If you want to live a happy life, tie it to a goal, not to people or things. Okay. But what's the goal? Babe Babe Ruth, never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. 
How do we play the game? Will Smith, money and success don't change people. They merely amplify what's already there. Okay. So what are we chasing then? Steve Jobs, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Seneca, not how long, but how well you have lived is the main thing. What does he mean by how well you have lived? Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, uh, Roosevelt, if life were predictable, it would cease to be life and be without flavor. The whole secret of a successful life is to find out what is in one's destiny to do and then do it, says Henry Ford. What is our destiny, though? Ernest Hemingway, in order to write about life, first you must live it. How? For whom? Why? And last but not least, I had to throw Frank Sinatra in there. The big lesson in life, baby, is never be scared of anyone or anything. I don't find that in the Bible anywhere, but he thinks it's the biggest lesson in life. So I I chose these quotes because they're middle of the road in today's business world and society in general. I didn't even go for the top quotes and the motivational gospels of the likes of Tony Robbins or Tim Ferriss or Jocko Wilhank or Gary Vaynerchuk or Seth Godin, Oprah Winfrey, Dr. Phil, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're even more potent to the direction of the world and to self-serving. Don't get what I'm not saying here. These, these statements light me up. They fuel me. I used to live by them because they were my religion. They were my goals in life. They were the things that got me amped up, adrenaline up, fired up, motivated, flaming with passion, and also self-serving and exactly where the enemy wanted me. Love of self, love of money, love of worth, love of self-happiness, love of self-fulfillment, love of me, and love of the world and what it had to offer. So these quotes and thousands of others have great meaning, but are aimed at the wrong things. Us and our lives, not God and his children, his goals for you and I and his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, not heaven as it is on earth. How can we expect to obtain and achieve a life worth living without our focus being on serving God who made the earth and us who inhabit it? How do we prosper without giving praise and worship and tithes and fulfilling the purpose to God who created us for that specific reason? It wasn't to live our best life. It was to live our best life for him and his kingdom. Somewhere along the way, the enemy, by the way, that's the devil, has won the earth over and deceived it to think in a worldly manner. And it started with Eve and then Adam. They were our original curse through the enemy, and Jesus was our original cure through God the Father. His death on the cross means nothing to our lives or eternity if we're not resurrected through him in our faith, in our love, and our serving, and obeying him, and our loving him, and all others as we do ourselves. Oftentimes, the best thing you can do for your life on earth and for eternity is stop living the life you're choosing to live 
and purposefully and willfully submit to Jesus and follow him as he's required of all his children and that we're called the true sons of God. So let's see what the Bible says. And I've selected a good part of James chapter four uh, to demonstrate why many self-proclaimed Christians and believers need to realize what the word says and not so much what the world says. The father of the world is Satan. The father of the heavens is God. We can only choose one to serve. So here's what James four has to say. I'm gonna use two different versions of the Bible today to demonstrate what we're talking about here so there's no disagreement no confusion or misunderstanding about what god's word says on this okay so first one is my personal preference that's just because i like modern day english nothing wrong with any version james 4 chapter 4 we'll start there the english standard version says adulterous people you do not know Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one law giver and judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say today or tomorrow will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. So for those that may doubt other versions, I know know you'd agree with the King James Version on that one. So let's see how the King James Version reads the same chapter and verses that I just read. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scriptures saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil, one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, ye that say, 
today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye, ye, ye know not what shall morrow be tomorrow. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away. So they're pretty similar. In fact, very similar. Now, I've been in church many years of my life, and sometimes I believe that we go to church so much, it becomes almost routine. Meaning, I, I wonder if people really listen to the word of God on, and apply it to their life on a daily basis versus on an as-needed basis. Based on conversations I've had with many people I know, and it was me included, we praise God in church with raised hands and worship coming out of our mouths, but during the week, we're not speaking any life, period. Prior to about two years ago, that prior statement was completely me, except I skipped church too for many, many years. I felt good on a Sunday, but by Sunday evening, I was starting to have the the Monday blues. Out came the bottles. Minus the bottles, does this hold any truth or similarity to your life and the way you've been living it? If not, great. You're blessed, and so am I for having you as a loyal listener to this broadcast. Please do stay. If you are, then please do stay. You are the exact and only reason God has me doing this podcast. It's because I lived half of my life or a little bit more on your side of the fence. And for the first time, God showed me the mirror, called me out of rebellion, out of pride, out of the world, out of self-love, sin, and shame. He shook me awake and flipped my life upside down inside a week's time. And I'm still on my knees thanking him for saving me. I can't tell you, I simply cannot tell you how many times, thousands at least, and many years I prayed out to him, quote unquote, Lord, please save me from myself. I didn't know what needed to change, but I knew most everything needed to change. I just didn't know what, where, how much, or how to, but I was just smart enough with just another faith, uh, enough faith as small as a mustard seed, to know, to pray to him that exact prayer until he answered it. And he answered more than I could ever imagine or prayed for exactly. I didn't realize I was living for the world and myself in the world because I had been blinded by the enemy and I had scales covering my eyes. My ears were shut and my heart was solid rock. If today's message is resonating with you, then God has truly lived up to his promise to me that I needed to put what he's placed on my heart and would put to whomever would open their eyes, their ears, their hearts, and their hearts to his words for them through this podcast message. And I thank you for raising your your figurative hand and saying, yeah, Ben, that's, that's me you're talking about right there. There are hundreds, if not thousands of books and articles and websites out there on how to get your life the way you want it to do and want it to play out by doing one, two, three, and then X, Y, Z. Nine times out of 10, those so-called secrets, those steps, those tips and tactics are already in your Bible. The authors just say them a little bit differently. It's true. Check it out. God is the, God the Father 
is the original motivational speaker and has been since the beginning of time. After I was shaken awake, literally, figuratively, and spiritually, I made a conscious decision to consciously speak life. Watch my words and my life choices at all times, believing in God and what he has for me. And now that it will come to pass, I know it will. I would be intentionally in every area of my life for him and his kingdom. What else is more important? What will I tell him when I make an account for my life face to face with him? As the Bible states, as to why I chose to live my life the way I did. If I chose this over that or that over this, where was my concentration? Where did I place my values and my time? Where did I put my efforts in? Where did I place the greatest value and what did I place the greatest value on? And where did I choose to go and to do and to say and to put above all? I know if the answers don't lead to him, I'm choosing right now to continue to live exactly where I want. And it doesn't line up with his word. We are exactly where where we put ourselves. No one makes choices for us. We make them. To give a few how-tos right from God's spoken and written word, here are seven ways uh, you can choose to make some changes that'll help you make the right choices on how to live your life so that where you are, he's guiding every footstep in love and approval. Number one from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Philippians chapter four, verse eight, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Matthew chapter four, verse four, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I'm gonna read that one again because it's so heavily used, so little followed. Matthew chapter four, verse four, but he answered, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, things of the world, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, spoken directly to you and in the word of God, the Bible. And last but not least, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, for whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. The thing is, God gives us rules to live by and clear instructions on how to have a fulfilled life. So many times we've, and I've done it too, pick and choose what we want to follow out of the Bible. We pick the, the scripture that benefits us at the time we need it the most. 
And that's if we're reading the Bible at all. I believe we all want a good life, whatever good means to you. Unfortunately, our words and ultimate our actions don't always reflect that. If words and actions have power, that means everything you say and do is shaping your life. You may not feel it or see it in the, in the moment, the minute you speak it or do it, but those words and actions you take from sun up to sundown, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, are planting seeds. Just look back on your life or even where you're at right now. Do you remember speaking certain things and doing certain things about you wanted to have happen or didn't want to have happen and now you're living it or living in it? Because words and actions have power. We clearly have to be intentional with what we speak and do. So in closing, only focus on the things you want and desire. Let those things be the things he wants and desires for you, not the other way around. Give no energy to the things you don't want, nor the things that will keep you on the short and narrow path that leads to the gates of heaven. Watch how things start to shift for you. There is no try. There's only do. We have to cease being reactionary to life circumstances and in placing daily and weekly emphasis, getting our pleasures, desires, and wants, our needs met and are taken care of. Instead, we, we must choose the path to righteousness and start being proactive in choosing the path that's the right one and the one that he desires for you. Most of the time, it's him waiting on you to make the change, not the other way around. He says, ask and you shall receive. How many of you are asking him to helping, help you live a better life for him? I hope all of you are. If not, I'm, I'm glad you're tuning in today. Here's a recent... Ah, two, 2017, 2018 example of my own. I stopped watching TV. I stopped going to bed early. I started spending all of my free time learning business lessons, building websites from scratch, writing articles, data mining, creating side businesses on sales and business consulting that turned into my first real company. I sp spent more time around the clock than I'll ever realize or really care to admit I was up for at least 20, 21 hours a day because that's what I was led to believe was possible and necessary to have the life that I desired, the salary to do it all and a life of achievement and wealth. Could I have been ultra successful? Absolutely. But for who and according to whose or what standards? The world standards. Absolutely. Am I saying there's anything wrong with starting a business or having money? Absolutely not. But God convicted me that my life consisted of worldly pursuits, of worldly pleasures, and worldly things for nothing more than my comfort and my future and my creature comforts and heaven on earth. It was not God's plan for my life. He told me that. It was not the route he was preparing for me for. To some degree, I still don't know what his ultimate plan is. That's just how he works oftentimes. But he'll see how far you and me are willing to go and do for his name's sake before he'll allow us to go further with more responsibilities and more blessings. Since I've been obedient to his calling me to other directions, one that would bless him and his kingdom, I've received more blessings, not just in the worldly sense of money, no debt, great income, more freedom, peace that I have, I even have a hard time conveying or even believing of true 
peace, feeling loved in a way I've never felt before, a difference in the way I view people and the world I'm in, hope, answered prayers, blessing upon blessings, greater direction, holy wisdom. I hear him speaking directly to me and a new lens he gave me to view the world as he does now. And here I am today doing something completely out of my comfort zone, uh, comfort zone. And I'm enjoying every minute of it and hopefully blessing others to have a greater relationship with Jesus than they've had previously. I feel like I just became the obedient servant along for the ride. And I'm okay with that. I prefer God at the helm of my life raft. By all worldly standards, I should just be that happy drunk watching Netflix at night, every night, or that businessman that would grow an empire. Both paths that would have left left me nowhere but down the road to death and destruction. That too is clearly stated in the Bible. Check it out. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 21 to 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. One more verse before we wrap up. That was one of hundreds God's used to convey to me and help change me. Is 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. The person who lives a sinful life belongs to the devil because the devil has been committing sin since the beginning. The reason that the Son of God appeared was so that the Son of God appeared to destroy what the devil does. Those who have been born from God don't live sinful lives. What God has said lives in them, and they can't live sinful lives. They've been both. This is the way God's children are distinguished from the devil's children. Everyone who doesn't do what is right or love others, other believers, isn't God's child. So before we end today's show, I just want to thank you all again for tuning in. And I hope you were touched by God through today's message and scripture. If you could do me a huge favor, would you go right now to whichever podcast app you're listening through today and just give me a quick star rating. And if you really want to go the extra mile for Christ, not me, uh, just put a quick review in. It takes 20 seconds. I'd love that help and support for you guys, from you guys. Uh, this will allow the Lord and Holy Spirit to reach even more lives to his pro- uh, pro- uh, this broadcast. And if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can write me a note on www.shaken-awake.com forward slash contact. You can also email me directly at ben at shaken-awake.com or even call or text me directly for any reason. Again, my cell phone is 407-493-3208. I want feedback, questions, ideas, requests, criticisms, corrections. I want it all. But if you'd like to be a guest of the show, please reach out to me as well. If you have a life and or eternity changing story you'd like to share, please let me know and I'll schedule you in. We don't hear enough of the truth these days or the positive ways of God and Jesus Christ these days. And this podcast is going to help change that up. I'd love for you to help where you can. So next week, tune in next Sunday evening or whenever you're able to as we dive into another 
hot topic, putting our hope and trust into the wrong things. You do not want to miss next week's show. It is a game changer. So until next week, take great care of yourself and each other, and God bless you all.